What's up, tribe? We are talking about a very important topic today, how to beat and break bad habits. And uh, I, for one, am very, very excited about this show because this is something that I think is going to provide a lot of value to everybody. We had a really good chat about this during the morning workout, uh, the at-home workout on YouTube. If you didn't catch that, go over there and check it out. We're going to be talking about that and answering some questions coming up. Hey everyone, in case we haven't met, my name's Rad Burmos, so that's my brother Yanni Burmos, we're the co-founders of Unity Gym and the co-creators of the UMS, the Unified Movement System, where we turn driven people into superhumans. And the way we get such astonishing results with our members is that we've created a program that has a balance between strength and flexibility. If you want to know how we do that, download one of the free blueprints, the Strength Blueprint, Flexibility Blueprint, or Nutrition Blueprint. There's a link in the description of this video. And join the private Facebook group, UMS Movement Mastermind, where we go live to do these shows daily and answer your questions and today we are talking about breaking bad habits it's something that a lot of people struggle with some of the yanni and i struggled with for many 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 years and it's something that we continue to refine every year and even on you know a monthly and, and weekly basis recently i've cut dairy out of my diet and yanni's cut uh, sugar and alcohol um, out of his diet um, again yeah uh, we both went alcohol free for the start of this year i haven't broken that yanni had a little uh, a couple of weeks there where you were having a few ones. My 40th birthday ruined it. His 40th it. birthday, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it gets you. What, what, see, I went alcohol free. We both went alcohol free last year, and what ruined it for me was my wedding came yeah. up. So I've got my wedding, and so I'm coming up to the same point I got to last year, but I feel very confident that I'm not going to drink at all this year. I'm, I'm, I just feel so driven with it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what, uh, that's what we're talking about today. And before we dive into it, um, you'll notice a few changes if you're a regular on the show. Uh, we are... Currently, the main table is out the back, um, getting some work done on it, and because we're mounting all of the new microphones, we've got a whole bunch of Shure SM7B um, uh, acoustic microphones, uh, we've got uh, the new boom arms coming and all that, so all of this sort of uh, stuff that you see here is going to get leveled up, and uh, we're very excited about that, but it's all getting mounted to the table, and all the cables is getting mounted running through the, the table, so... Yeah, that's all happening, and uh, then this is going to be sort of leveled up again. Uh, uh, one more big, big, um, I guess, level up. We've got more lighting coming and all sorts of stuff. One yeah, more. I'm so glad you didn't say the last one because it's never the last one. No, of course one. not. We are committed to constantly leveling up. Uh, quick, quickly, guys, if you are catching the live stream, make sure you give us a shout out in the comments section. We want to know who you are, where you're watching from, and... Um, Tell us, share with us what one thing you are going to try to do this week. Not try, you're going to either do it or not do it. But one thing that you would like to do this week to level up. It might be in relation to your diet. It might be in relation to your recovery, in relation to your exercise, in relation to your mindset, motivation, uh, sleep, family, relationships, finances, whatever it is. Uh, share it in the comments section. Uh, we'd love to know what you guys are doing. We're going to be talking about what we're doing and we're going to be sharing some really good ways um, to break bad habits. Yep. Yeah, look, let, I mean, let's just kickstart with what we we're talking about on the show, on the workout, where a lot of people were uh, commented and said that they got a lot out of it, which is um, how to break nutrition habits. It's one of the most common things. You know, we had a couple of our good members chiming in saying that their diets just become debaucherous in this lockdown period you know beers carbs bread um, dairy sugar all the bad stuff 
Uh, and it's so easy to do that. It's, it's really, really easy to fall into bad habits. Um, they just sort of cycle on each other. What I find, my pattern that I've identified is I eat something bad, like I'll have a pizza or I'll have a really debaucherous night where I'll have chocolate and ice cream and all the bad stuff. And then the next day I say to myself, well, I've already stuffed my diet. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll just have another day and then I'll get started the next day. And that sometimes turns into months Yeah. where it's not every single day, but when I get to the weekend, I say, oh, look, I've been doing this for a month, you know, I'll, I'll start on Monday again. And that can go for so long. Yeah. And um, the opposite is the same. The, the, it's the process of it that happens, but the opposite is so, so, so hard to do. Well, I'll explain to you why on a physiological level. Does anyone want to know why that is? <laughs> don't, all put, don't all put your hands up at once. <laughs> Crickets. Uh, the reason why is because of dopamine. Because of the hormone in the body that's, it, that, that was, that is, it, it is the reward hormone. It's, it was... Basically, we evolved to produce dopamine to survive. It's a, it's a, it's one of the main reasons why we evolved to be where we are now. It's a, it's a hormone that is very like our entire um, uh, system is designed to be addicted to it. We crave it. We need it. Um, uh, we want it, and um, and we can hack it. We can hack the system. Sugar hacks the system. Alcohol hacks the system. Um, dr uh, most drugs hack the dopamine system. And um, unfortunately, it, it, they hack it in a big way. We get huge doses of dopamine when we have sugar, uh, chocolate, things that we love. Not, not just sugar. Um, I, I say sugar as a colloquial term. You know, it's like gluten. <laughs> gluten. It's just a general it's word a general for things word that are bad for, for you. It's bad. Uh, no, look, it's not always, it's not sugar. When I say sugar, please understand that I'm talking about processed and refined foods that contain a very, very clever combination of sugar, fat, and salt. And that's what um, hacks the dopamine system. Sugar alone, and they've done a lot of research on this, you can't eat much sugar alone. Like if you get a pile of sugar put in front of you, you wouldn't be able to finish it. Mm. Whereas if you've got a pile of fucking, uh, beautifully engineered foods that contain sugars, fat, and salt in front of you, I guarantee you, you'd be able to eat it, like ice cream or like uh, burgers and, and, and whatever else, you know, um, fast foods. So it's very important that you understand that first. I don't want to vilify sugar in, in, in its um, simplicity, in, it, in its, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, well, it's also because people start going down the path of, oh, you know, yeah, fruit is the devil because... You know, it's got sugar in it. And I know that there's yeah. people out there that, that, that think that and there's people out there that will that have very strong arguments as to why fruit is the same as sugar. But there's many reasons why, like people will say, oh, you know, if you, if you juice an apple or whatever, you get fructose. And fair enough. But if you eat an apple, you get fiber. And when yeah. you have that natural sugar that hasn't been refined, that's balanced with fiber, um, it's that age-old argument of a, a, a glass not an age-old argument, actually. Maybe it's probably a new argument, but a glass of apple juice this big has about eight apples in it. Yeah. And you go, and you have it, try to eat eight apples. Yeah, that's right. You, I've barely been able to get through two apples in the past because your body just gets to a point where you go, oh, man, I've had enough apple. You know. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I, when I say sugar, I'm, I'm really, really bastardizing uh, one little part of a bigger picture and, um, and, and, you know, all the nutritionists would be... Well, let's not hang up on sugar for too long. Yep. It's not. 
Um, where, where, why did I digress from well, that? Well, let's. I'll, I'll, I'll go in. I'll, I'll, I've got something to say I'm there. So, to so, what Yanni, so what Yanni was saying. There's it, a way I can lock. So the back when of you, it. when you're looking at <laughs> when you're looking at what you're talking about here, like um, alcohol, cigarettes, um, sugar, salt. Fat, um, you know, all these all these things that you can put in your body straight away. It gives you an immediate dopamine hit. So it, when you have a cigarette, if you're if you're an addicted smoker, the second you have that first drag, you immediately get a dopamine hit from it. Same with if you're a sugar junkie, you put some chocolate in your mouth, you get an instant dopamine hit, or a sip on a coke or whatever. But the things that are that produce dopamine that come as a reward from effort. They take more time. Like you can get a dopamine hit from a workout, but you've got to get up off your ass and do a workout. Um, That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Sorry, let me finish my, my thought before. The reason why what you said is so true that it, it's so much harder to create good habits is because the dopamine, the amount of dopamine produced naturally when we are meant to be rewarded for doing something, hard work, achieving a task, you know, reaching a goal, it's a very small amount of dopamine in comparison to the amount of dopamine that's released when we have junk food, yeah. when we have but, alcohol, and that when happens we have drugs. Instantaneously. Yeah, the, the, you know, and, and the body's not, it's not really, we're not really designed in a way uh, to um, deal with so much of these good hormones in one big hit. And that's why we become so addicted to the bad things yeah. and less likely to become addicted to the good things. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's like giving a crack junkie lots of crack or a little bit of crack you know they're going to go for lots of crack all the time every day of the week you know we're crack junkies for dopamine yeah. literally and our bodies are wired hardwired to be like that you know yeah absolutely and it's something that it goes back to what we were talking about a week or two ago and we we're talking about this ums 30-day challenge where we're talking about uh, you know acting proactively or reacting to what's going on and if what you're doing is you're not aware of this stuff and you're just eating to give yourself that hit and and make no mistake if you're eating junk food if you're eating savory snacks if you're eating chocolates if you're drinking alcohol if you're smoking you are doing this you yep. are you are literally unconsciously just going for a dopamine hit and getting it the quickest way possible. Yeah. And once you become aware of this and you start to look at your life and go, holy crap, look at all this stuff that I'm doing, you know, to give myself that quick hit, to try to remove it, you actually realize how hard it is. Because yep. people say things like, I'm not addicted to sugar. I don't, I, I don't, you know, need sugar. Go a week without it. Yeah. Don't have a single bit of sugar. For a week and find out how addicted you are. Yeah, that's um, right. Same with alcohol. People say, oh, I, don't, I don't need to drink. And I said, well, every time I see you, you have two drinks. And then I come over to your place and you open a bottle of wine. Yeah, but I don't need to do it. And I say, all right, well, don't do it then. Go don't do it for a for month. A month yeah. Show me that you don't need to yeah. drink. And man, it, <laughs> how, many, changes. how many people actually do yeah. that? You know, And how many people say, I'm going to give something up and then a week later, you ask them how they're going. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I had a couple of drinks on the weekend, and yeah. So now, now that's you, you are far more addicted to these things than you are, and people don't really understand addiction either. Like addiction has this really, really negative word, to, uh, negative connotation to it, because it it is the root cause of a lot of evil in a lot of people's lives. But when you understand, like on the on the deeper level, where um, you know, that addiction really is, it's to do with dopamine. It's to do with your, like you can be addicted to, um, the like Yanni said before on the show, you can be addicted to sex, you know, cause sex can give you a dopamine hit. You can be addicted to exercise. 
People yeah. get addicted to exercise, which like that's that's an example of a healthy addiction where there's a lot of people out there that don't do any of these bad things, and and people say that they're very very extreme because they do CrossFit every day and then they go for a run every afternoon and and that you know they won't come out and do anything socially. Well, I'd call that a really good addiction, like yep. like that's because they get addicted to that dopamine hit of the workout and they're not eating shit foods and doing all this crap, but it is still an addiction. Yeah, you know they're still addicted to that dopamine hit that they get from the workout. That's right, and people. People are affected by addictions on different levels and so for some people they won't really get it they won't really understand and for other people the the, the struggle is real man you yeah. know and and it takes a higher higher level of consciousness you have to start to really you have to have a really hard look at yourself when you when you when you want to start to beat these things and this is why this is why so few people actually beat addictions or break bad habits because all the people do is this they go I'm going to I'm going to stop this I'm going to stop this and that's not enough like to break a bad habit there's three things to it you have to recognize the trigger you have to recognize what the habit is itself the habit loop and oh, sorry and then you have to recognize the reward yeah. so there's the three stages to it and your job is what people focus on is the habit they say I'm going to break the habit I'm going to break the habit I'm going to, so I don't want to smoke I've got to stop smoking got to stop smoking got to stop smoking what they've got to identify is the trigger yeah what's the trigger that, that causes you, you want to go for to say I want to go for a cigarette and then you have to change that to something else and that's why um, Nicorette gum works well yeah well that's the thing yeah exactly so the, the, you're sort of giving a little bit of the picture there when first step is exactly right what Rad said identify the trigger what is the at the moment that you decide or feel, get the feeling of I need the cigarette or I need the alcohol or I need the food or whatever it is we that you're battling with food, addiction. That's what people yeah, are asking yeah. for. Yeah. Then uh, you need to you, you identify the trigger, and it can be a variety of things. It can be social environment. You know, it, it can be uh, stress. It can be a stress response. It can be a response to you feeling unfulfilled or depressed. So you feel down, you feel depressed, and you get tr are triggered, and you go to the pantry cupboard and pull out the bag of cookies and smash them down. It can be fucking, um, you know. I noticed one of Kalisha's triggers was maths, married at first sight, you know, a year or so ago. It was like, had to have a block of chocolate with maths, you know, the, the trigger. Like, there is always a trigger there, you when know. I was, before I was a father and, and um, uh, I had more freedom in my life, my biggest trigger was playing video games. When I'd play video games, the ritual was that I would have a drink. Yep. And I'd have a beer, and as soon as that happened, all you know, all bets are off. And then, as I got rid of that, I recognised my trigger for junk food was it was the weekend. Yeah. When it was Friday night or Saturday night, I would tell myself, "Ah, oh, I've done a whole week without this stuff. It's my reward now. Yep. This is my trigger. Yep. And so, th so it's your job. Your your job. You have to identify the bad habit first. So you identify your junk food. But then, when you recognise that, you can't say to yourself, "I'm going to give up drinking. I'm going to give up eating chocolate." Yeah. Gonna, you a, have to recognise the trigger. Yeah. And once you recognize the trigger, then you have to come up with a replacement habit. Yeah. You can't, the, the research shows that you can't actually get rid of a habit. You can only you replace it. You can't abolish it. a bad habit. Yeah, you can't abolish you can a only bad replace habit. You can it. only replace it with something else. So th this is a strategy that I've used successfully, and maybe you can share on what's worked for you. But for me, when I've wanted to give up bad foods, I've identified my trigger first, and then I replace the bad food with a healthier food. So... I, you, you, that's, it's not a strategy to say I'm not going to eat chocolate. A strategy is to say when I recognize that I want chocolate, I won't have it in the cupboard. I'm not going to have it sitting there waiting yeah, for me. Yeah, that's the first step. We'll, we'll, get that to yeah. a, we'll get to that in a sec. But you have, say, fruit or yogurt or something that you know is healthy in the fridge. 
that you go to instead. Yeah. And that's what I've done. So when I got rid of dairy recently, I, I know this process really well now. So I didn't, I, I, as soon as I said, I'm going to get rid of dairy, I immediately went, okay, what am I going to replace it with? I said, I'm going to replace it with nuts this time. Yeah. I'll give myself nuts because they don't have sugar in it. it. It's a healthy snack. It's got a hell of a lot of calories in it, but I don't care about that. I'm exercising a lot at the moment. Uh, and it's worked really well for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's the same as what I've done just recently, too. I noticed uh, everything. I mean, I did a month in Europe and we had a really, really bad diet in Europe, which was totally fine because we were on vacation and I just accepted. I would just go to Europe on a diet. Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) I'd want to enjoy myself. My only goal in Europe was that I wanted to exercise three out of every seven days uh, as a minimum, you know, and uh, and then try and do 10,000 steps a day on top of that. And we did that and we succeeded really well with that. And, um, but, uh, which created, I maintained that exercise habit, which meant that it wasn't as hard coming home to do it, you know, and then, but, but all bets were off with food and I put on about eight kilos. And so that made it hard because I became quite heavily addicted to sugar again and junk food and croissants and, and all the beautiful things that you have when you're in Paris for a week and whatever else. And, and, uh, and so coming back uh, I was all in giving up alcohol giving up junk food and it was I, I was ready for that and I replaced it with stuff but then recently um, my 40th birthday in March and I just thought oh bugger it you know we we're in lockdown we had to cancel a big birthday party that we've been planning for the last six months uh, and um, I thought I'm just gonna have a couple of bottles of wine with Kalisha at home and uh, enjoy myself and yeah, then that turned into doing it for the next three weeks. You know, uh, I we, we like we started off just getting one bottle of wine on Friday, and the trigger was the end of the week. Man, it's tough. Oh, we're in lockdown. For many of you, the trigger is lockdown right now. You know, like you're in lockdown and there's not much happening. And look for the look for the point where you go, oh, this is it. You know, what is it? What's the reason? What's what's playing out in your mind? And then, so what I identified was that the alcohol was a real problem and that um, the alcohol was also leading to a lot of junk food, sugar, things like that. So we were getting, uh, we were getting um, chocolate, bars of chocolate. Then we had Easter, you know, and it was just constantly compounding. One thing led to the other. And so my way, uh, we identified that the weekend was the problem, you know, getting to Friday, we're exhausted with the kids at home. They'd come out of daycare, all of that sort of thing. It was just easier to get a bottle of wine and sort of uh, self-medicate, you know, and then that led to sort of blocks of chocolate and whatever else. So we replaced it with, I I went and made sure that there was nothing in the house that we could, that could lead us astray and, and removed everything. So we got no alcohol, we got no uh, junk food. If it's you're addicted, you can have it. Yeah, that's right. Then I stocked the house with really good fruit really nice fresh fruit stuff that i normally wouldn't eat, even eat like we got pineapples and grapes and mandarins and you know um, bananas and whatever like we eat lots and lots of different types of fruit yep. you know and so and you know we we doubled the amount of fruit that we were buying so i've yep. got nice sources of sugar there that are much more healthy yep. and um that's what we've I just traded that out. Yeah. So and and now I've done that successfully now for two weeks. And and the first weekend was hard. Last weekend, not last weekend, the weekend before was quite difficult. I thought about alcohol quite a lot. I thought about wine quite a lot. Uh, I thought about chocolate quite a lot. And I even slipped up. And we had some um, 
uh, what do you call them, hot cross buns, you know, uh, which, you know, no, what I absolutely wouldn't do normally, but I, I, I sort of in my head said, oh, look, I've come a long way. That's a, a, a good meeting halfway point, you know. So on Sunday we had a few hot cross buns that were left over from Sunday, uh, from Easter. Uh, but this weekend I didn't even think about it. Didn't mm. think about it. I ate a lot of fruit still, you know. Yeah. But I didn't think once about getting junk food or alcohol. And, you know, now I'm going to go another step and I'm identifying, okay, where's some room for more improvement? Uh, I'm still eating a lot of bread. I've gotten built this habit after going to Europe and eating a lot of pastries and bread in, in France. I'm eating a lot, a lot of like Lebanese bread and dipping it with my hummus for mm. snacks and things like that. And I know that I want to level up. I'm lifting, I'm training hard and I need my body to be recovering well and I need to reduce inf inflammatory foods and things like that. And so I want to make sure that I'm leveling up and I want to get leaner. I still haven't lost the eight kilos that I put on in Europe, you know. So I want to lose that body fat again and get down to um, a, a good, healthy, what I consider healthy, which is around 10, 11% body fat, you know. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, I know that we get, you know, some people chime in sometimes and say that, you know, our standards are much higher than the average person, and that's totally fine. You you have to do you and we do us. We're not sitting here telling anybody how to live their lives, but one of the most common things that we have faced as personal trainers for 16, coming on 17 years in the industry is people want to lose weight. They want to get in better shape. This is what the industry thrives on. Uh, but they can't do it. And mm. they can't do it because they can't give up their habits. They're slaves to their habits. So yeah. you have to either set your bar lower and accept that you're just going to achieve much more mediocre results. Or if the bar's up here and you're falling short, you've got to understand that this is this is, becomes critical. Yeah. And what I've learned for myself personally is that I'm an all or nothing person. So the reason why I... My main... There's a couple of reasons why I got rid of dairy. And, and mind you, before I got rid of dairy a week and a half ago now, I wasn't eating refined sugar. I wasn't drinking alcohol. I wasn't eating bread. I already had a diet that most people would Kill call for. godly, you know. Yeah. But dairy was an addiction for me. Yeah. Dairy was my go-to thing. It was my, you know, oh, my God, I feel like some yogurt and some muesli. And, and I was eating muesli with it as well, which is, you know, refined carbs. And I yeah. didn't want that. Um, if you think muesli's uh, a healthy choice, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it is still refined carbohydrate uh, and it's not whole food. And um, it's just marketed well. And, and I was eating cheeses and all this other stuff. And I just thought to myself, I was looking at my diet and I thought, man, if I got rid of dairy, my diet would be so good right now. It would be better than it ever has. And I thought, well, why, the, why am I letting this one last addiction rule me? And... I'm, you know, this is where Yanni and, and our minds are at and why we're so obsessed with doing this stuff is, I know that Yanni shares my opinion on this. I'm 42 next month. Yanni just turned 40. We've done the hedonistic lifestyle. You know, we've got friends that say to us, oh, but that's not living, you know, if you're not going to enjoy a drink or you're not going to enjoy a this or that or whatever, that's not living. I just laugh at that. I think, well, that's an interesting viewpoint because I've done that. I've done that life where I just eat and drink whatever the hell I want, whatever hell I feel like. I know what that gives you. I know what you get out of life when you get that. And it's not what I want anymore. What I want now is like what I feel now when I get up on Monday morning, I felt amazing this morning. I felt so, so good. And I don't feel like that. I've, I've experimented with having 
two drinks on a Friday night and nothing on Saturday and nothing on Sunday and I still feel ordinary on Monday. Um, I've experimented with having one glass of wine at night, one standard glass of wine. I still feel subpar the next day. And so I just made a decision that I want to be, um, Yanni and Richard and I have got massive um, fitness goals, strength, flexibility goals, business goals, life goals, family goals, relationship goals. Um, and I want to be uh, at you know peak performance. That's where I want to be. So that's why I'm doing this. So if we go back to it, if you're struggling to break a bad habit, then there's the, the first thing you've got to do is recognize you've got the bad habit and um, get rid of anything that's in the house that, that is it. You know, if, if, if it's, um, let, let's talk about something that most people can relate to. It's biscuits or chocolate or ice cream. Get rid of it. It can't be in the house. The next thing you've got to do, and this is the hard part, is you've got to identify what the trigger is. So the next time you say, oh, I feel like some um, ch uh, chocolate or some biscuits, you've got to stop in that moment and say, what's going on right now that's making me feel this and really identify it. And that, that can take months. It took a while for us to identify our triggers. But once you know how to identify a trigger, it can happen really, really quickly. And then once you've identified the trigger, you've got to find something that you replace the habit with. Yeah. So if we're talking about food, you've got to find something that's healthy, like what Yanni and I have said, replace it, have that in the cupboard. And then the next time you feel the trigger, you go to that food. You don't go to the shop and buy the thing that you wanted. And then the last thing that I'll say is you've got to understand that it takes 30 days to break a habit. And I'll explain the process. The first 10 days is torture. It's like literally your skin is crawling. The second 10 days is described as hard, but not nearly as hard as the first 10 days. And the last 10 days is easy. The habit has actually been broken, research shows, after 21 days. The last 10 days is just to solidify what you've already done. The last 10 days is very, very easy. That's barring any um, social pressure, that's right. external. That's if you lock yourself in, into isolation and just do it alone. Now, yeah, that's right. we've got a lot of really great interaction here. And Steve Cavan has talked about something there that, you know, um, uh, should be shared. Uh, he says, I gave up alcohol on the 4th of April 2001. I was a heavy drinker, not sure if alcoholic or not. You certainly were an alcoholic brother if you were drinking every day, uh, which he says here. It, uh, there's different levels of alcoholism. There's different levels of addiction, you know, and uh, you can be a high-functioning alcoholic, which I was, uh, and you can, and, and it sounds like Steve was, and I was a high-functioning drug addict at one stage too, you know, and I'll share that in a sec. Um, uh, and uh, everyone, we'll get to your questions and comments um, in a sec. Roger, uh, everyone, we'll go through them. And also Aidan Potts, who um, his question came through on email, uh, I do want to address as well. So just bear with us, guys. Now, uh, Steve's saying it took him a year. It was so hard to get over alcohol and it took him a year. And the thing that was the hardest was um, being out uh, and seeing friends drink. And that's what I'm talking about with social pressure. Um, social pressure brings a whole new element into breaking habits and breaking addictions. And, um, and that's why what we're dealing with right now is a it presents a really amazing opportunity for a lot of us because it's you versus you right now. There's no social pressure. You're not out with friends. You can't go out to the pub, you know. And I, I know how you feel, uh, Steve. Uh, when I gave up alcohol, um, like, properly and drugs properly, uh, I had to sever ties with most of my friends, literally, you know. And, and for the first three months, I couldn't go out, couldn't be around people because my trigger was my friends, my circle. 
you know, going out with my friends, having two beers, that was it. That, I, that was enough to hit the effort button. And then it would lead to cocaine and it would lead to other drugs. Much harder, you know, um, cocaine was probably the, the, my limit. I didn't, I didn't ever become a heroin junkie or anything like that. I was lucky. Never but shot up in your Never eyeball? shot up in my eyeball. No, no I never, <laughs> no, never went that far. But I definitely, definitely got addicted to cocaine at one stage, you know. Yeah, sure. And not like, oh, I woke up in the morning and you're snorting lines. But you, I couldn't go out and get drunk without it leaving. Leading to something else, you know. So many people and are like and that. Um, and before that, it was recreational drugs like ecstasy. You know, I couldn't could not go out and get drunk without ending up taking some other drug. And I always woke up the next day in um, remorse. Yeah. You know, like yeah, you never like, why you never I wake up the next that, day going, you know? oh my god, I'm and so happy I did that last night. The first trigger <laughs> was my friends. The second, and I'm not blaming them. It was completely on me. Half the time, I was the instigator. But it was being in that environment that affected me, you know, and then that triggered me. You got the phone, Richard. And, and then uh, after that, it was like having a bit of alcohol. Now, so I feel you there, Steve. Um, Carmine is saying, um, gave up bread and pasta and grains five days a week and dairy three days a week. Cheese is tough. Um, uh, seven, as an Italian in the food industry, it's tough. No coffee or sugar either. Mindset is key. Absolutely. Lee Clemens is saying um, re uh, refined sugar. Now, uh Roger Talevsky saying, morning lads, can you let me know the title of the book on the table? Missed it at the start. And can you give us a run of your top two points? Okay, we've got three books on the table here. The first one was Extreme Ownership that we challenged everyone to read at the very start of this challenge. Extreme Ownership is all about, as it sounds, taking extreme, extreme ownership of everything in your life. Every single thing in your life is your responsibility. And, um, By Jocko Willink and Leif, and Leif Babin. Babin. And that's a really great book because they talk about, you know, an experience they had. Every chapter is a new um, uh, lesson that they learnt. And they talk about how they learnt the lesson in leadership in the military and then how they applied that lesson after their experience in the military in everyday life and business. Mm. And it, it's so powerful, so powerful. Amazing. The second book that we challenged everyone to read because we're 30 days we're, we're four weeks into the challenge now is think and grow rich by napoleon hill this and is the book that started this whole process for yanni and me it was the first book that we were recommended to read and i'm reading it again now probably for the i don't know third or fourth time or something because i'm just trying to be in sync with what everybody else is reading and it's such a good read and it's reminding me of so many things it th this is actually it's funny to read this because you realize the parallels between the secret and this yeah. this is the book if anybody's heard of the secret that Rhonda what's her name Rhonda Patrick it wasn't actually her that I don't know it was so, a guy so uh, Jerry um, uh, what's what's her name Esther Hicks and Jerry Hicks were the were the ones that pioneered this law of attraction thing and this woman this Australian woman turned it into the secret this video and this is the book and the that book. started it for uh, Jerry Hicks so there's parallels there but it is definitely a lot more practical and it has has grounding to it because it comes from this author um, interviewing and spending time with the 500 most successful business owners and entrepreneurs in America in the 1930s that um, came out of the Great Depression with great wealth to find um, traits, common traits between them. So this isn't some 
And then he, just, he, he summarises it down into 13 points. Yeah, it's 13, really... 13, like, key points. And there's a couple in there that are um, that are re- that I found really, really... The power of mastermind, sexual transmutation were the two that really stuck with me quite a, a, a lot. But you know what's funny? I'm just finishing the chapter on the power of desire and on... This is what really made me think of the parallels between the secret and on... I can't remember exactly what he... Oh, um... It starts with an A. He calls it the um, the law of... Uh, uh, anyway, it's basically this concept of, you know, you have to think first. You have to you have to believe it in your mind for the events to, to come into reality. And I just thought about it. I thought 15 years ago or so, we read this book and we had nothing of what we've got now. Yeah. We were a couple of personal trainers. And, yeah. and I remember... Going nowhere, still I addicted rem- to drugs. Yeah, still addicted to drugs. And I remember the process, how it started, of doing exactly what we're teaching all of you now. It's going back so long now of creating these vision boards and believing these things, believing like the, our golden goose one day was that we'd have our own gym, you know? Like yeah. That was like the big thing, like imagine one day we'll own our own gym. And it all started with the, with the lessons that we learned in here. Yeah. And then the last book that we've got here, which we, we're actually now introducing for the first time, um, so f- most people ha- won't have finished this one yet, so don't worry about it. You're not behind. We- we- we're only doing this for you, Roger, is The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, which is everything yeah. that we're talking about today. Yeah. It's all about the habit. Loop That's thing. exactly right. So uh, let's quickly just keep going through here. Um, Lee Clements uh, uh, years ago replaced smoking with CrossFit, but leveled out now. Um, in what respect did you level out? Man, I was watching... Um, uh, the fittest in Dubai on Netflix last night. It's a CrossFit doco about the competition in Dubai last year or the year before. Fuck, they're beasts. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, look, bro, uh, that's that's essentially um, what uh, got me into exercise was my addictions, uh, my addictions and my my um, my depression, uh, and that's why I started exercising initially. And you'll find a lot of healthcare, prof- a lot of personal trainers go down that path too. Simon Morgan um, here saying, uh, "Morning, guys. This is a, this is a little off topic, but he wanted to say I'm loving the Waking Up app. Certainly not off topic because we're gonna just quickly recap the, it, the four um, the four challenges that we've set for everyone. But I'll share what Simon's saying here. I've made it to day 26, and it's now part of my daily morning routine. I've tried a couple of meditations apps in the past and this is definitely the best that's what we found exactly the same it has really helped me stay sane after seven weeks home isolation thanks for the challenge really appreciate what you guys are doing um mate honestly the waking up app and i've got the book waking up up there by sam harris i've got three of his books um all of them are fantastic and i you know there's so many books i'd like to recommend you guys do but it's really important that we we suggest books in the same sort of order that we learnt, because the process of the way we did it has has brought brought us to where we are now, you know. Yeah. And I can't stress to you guys how powerful this is. You know, this whole situation, this whole lockdown, um, we've achieved so much in the past seven weeks or six weeks. Not only in our physical capabilities of levelling up our strength, our our flexibility, how lean rat is, the th- those things. But the amount that we're getting done in our business, you know, um, we didn't for one day take this as uh, as a as a negative. Yeah. You know, we processed for a few hours how full on this is and how 
like I was about to swear, how bad it's going to be for the economy, how bad it's going to be, how dangerous it's going to be for people's livelihoods and life and health and how many people are going to die from it. And that was really full on. And, and, and you know, I, I might have processed for 12 hours and then it was like game on. How can we make the most of this situation? And we have worked extremely hard over the past 15 years to program ourselves. And, you know, all, all of my mentors and all of the people that I've worked with over the last few years have done the same thing. I've watched them on social media just like absolutely taking this to a, another level, taking themselves, their businesses, that sort of thing. It, it is really, really powerful to be in this position and to have worked so hard to cultivate a mindset where you see only opportunity um, in obstacles, you know, and, um, you know, it goes so far beyond just your health and just you and just what you can achieve personally. And it goes, it, it affects everyone. You know, my first commitment uh, Monday to Friday is at 7 a.m. when we do those live shows and I get up at 4.30, maybe 4.20 sometimes. And I'm at the gym by five at the absolute latest. And I do that because I find that the morning is the most productive time of the day. And I, I don't care if my commitments don't start till seven. I want to make the most of the most productive time of the day. Um, so. Yeah. Justin Cordero is saying, Red, thinking, grow rich on my first deployment. Great read. Justin, I'm pretty sure I recall you are in the American um, Army. Is that right? Let us know in the comments. So I get that right. What was that? Navy by his picture, um, Richie's saying. Cool. Um, thanks, brother. Thanks for your service. We just had our Anzac Day on the weekend. Uh, saw Richie with his gongs and his, uh, his suit on. Looked very good. Uh, Lee Clements, love how you guys are taking control of your lives. Joshua Charles Dawes, if you haven't heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza, definitely have heard of him. Highly recommend all of his books. He gets into the uh, theoretical quantum physics and how they apply to the manifestation uh, you're talking about. Uh, check out, Josh, check out um, a, a great podcast by my um, previous, one of my previous mentors and a good friend of mine, Kerwin Ray, he's got a uh, podcast called Unstoppable. He interviewed um, Joe just recently and uh, it was really, really good. Lee Clements, don't even consider a cigarette. Well, well done, Lee. Not smoking is my habit. Uh, Justin, yeah, Navy. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Yeah, that's a great way to level up when you're on deployment. I tell you what, because I know a lot of other people waste that time or opportunity, you know, mm. doing silly shit like drinking and whatever else when they can. When they can. Uh, guys, quickly, I want to finish on, because um, I did promise Aiden I would talk about this. Aiden sent me an email over the weekend. He's part of my inner circle um, email list. If you haven't, you've got to uh, subscribe to that. Well, Aiden's part of our UMS online coaching. He's part of our UMS online coaching program as well. Made a goal for myself to get 10% body fat by August 31st. Way to level up, brother. I'm currently at 16.5% body fat measured by skinfold calipers. Um, he says, I know that that's not the best, but better than nothing. There's no problem with that as long as you're consistent with it. I'm currently at 206.7 pounds, uh, meaning by August 31st, I want to be at 193 pounds. I've down downloaded my fitness pal and going to start my tracking of calorie and macros today. I was wondering, do you have a rough guideline of what that macro percentage should look like? Uh, he says, I currently do 16-8 fasting and use your super smoothies to break my fast. That's awesome. I work out in the morning and then we'll um, wait till 1 p.m. to start eating. My new commitment is to avoid desserts, sweets, breads, and alcohol. I'm implementing the principles from Think and Grow Rich and will be repeating my fat loss affirmations in the morning and night. Excited to make this happen. Any additional thought 
would be extremely helpful. Okay, first and foremost, please remember that when you alter body composition, it usually is best to do it at a um, uh, a com uh, with a combination of increase increases in muscle mass and decreases in fat mass. Meaning that um, you know having the weight goal of hitting 193 pounds, uh, I don't think uh, um, is very relevant. Yeah because you don't know what your muscle mass is going to do and you know a lot of people will alter body composition really well and stay exactly the same weight yeah a body uh, fat percentage is a really good goal yeah that's right don't worry about weight. don't worry about the weight so much because you don't want to lose muscle so that means you don't want to run it off just doing lots and lots of cardio okay you want to be um getting putting on muscle mass if possible and then that's going to change your your, your, your weight because muscle mass is a lot heavier and denser than fat mass uh, 16-8's fantastic. That's going to be really helping with things like autophagy. It also helps to sort of um, um, skip a meal and control calories. As far as macros go, brother, when I'm trying to lean up, and this is me personally, I'm not a dietitian or a nutritionist, and I've had some great success by manipulating macros, but we don't focus on it too heavily. What we tend to tell our tribe here is to use carbohydrate as a um, source of fuel only on days that yeah. you exercise. So if you exercise, then you can usually afford to eat carbohydrate uh, because it, it will replenish. When you exercise, you deplete the glycogen stores in your muscles. And then when you uh, eat carbohydrate after exercise, post-exercise, you just refuel the muscle basically. But if you're not exercising, then that um, glycogen needs to go somewhere and it tends to go, you know, some of it gets processed by the liver and the rest of it just gets stored in your fat cells. So what we, what we tend to do is say, okay, use exercise as your measure. If you exercise, then you can afford carbohydrate. The simplest way to do it uh, for everybody at home is to use the hand portion guide. Uh, a thumb of fat, a palm of meat, and a fist of carbs um, is essentially, sorry, a, 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 um, a, a cupped hand of carbohydrate and two fists of vegetables. That's how I would say to do your meal. So if you, look, if you cut your hand off there, put two fists on the plate, you can have that in veggies, like good quality veggies, broccoli, whatever. Um, a cup full of mashed potato, potato, rice, uh, or you know whatever other uh, legume you like to have. Um, uh, a a thumb-sized dollop of butter or ghee or, or olive oil, uh, which would be a tablespoon of olive oil on your, uh, or a tablespoon and a half of olive oil. And then, yeah, the size of your palm of uh, good quality meat. That's the easiest way to do it. If you go into macros, if you want to go down that path, the best book that I've found is Lane Norton's book, Only If It Fits Your Macros. Um, he's got another newer book on um, nutrition. Uh, he's a beast on macros, um, and I wouldn't even bother trying to um, tell you anything because you've got such great resources like that out there. Yeah. Rad and I and Richard don't... Um, we don't, uh, you know, measure our macros anymore because we've done that in the past and we know we have a general idea of how it all works, you know. And, uh, and, and what we've used in the past is the, the, the DEXA scan clinic that we use here in Sydney, Australia, Measure Up. Jared Mirkin, who is the body composition guru here, uh, expert around here, he has a formula and, and his, his macro splits are really, really accurate based on your DEXA scan, based on your fat mass and, and muscle mass. I'll leave it on this. It depends on your body type. 
if you're an ectomorph, an endomorph, or a mesomorph, your body processes um, carbohydrate and fat a little bit differently. It stores more efficiently or less efficiently. And so what I like to say is, you know, it's kind of individual based on your body type. You know, if you're, if you're a mesomorph, then you probably need higher protein, less carbohydrate. Um, and if you're an ectomorph, uh, tall and skinny, you probably need more carbohydrate. Mm, yeah, for sure. That's, that's pretty much it, yeah. All right, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Hope you all got something out of that. I'll, we will see you tomorrow at 7 a.m. for the daily workout. Have a great day, everyone. Great work. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcut to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.